Welcome, baseball fans. It is time once again for the Running the Bases podcast. I'm Tucker Wells, joined as always by Coach Jordan Bounds. Coach, Happy New Year to you, good sir. Happy New Year. All right, 2017. I think a lot of us are relieved that it is finally 2017. How were your holidays? How was the uh, the Christmas and the New Year's? Uh, it's all about the kids. And the kids were happy and satisfied oh, with what yeah. Santa brought them? Yes, they were. All right, good deal. Um, all right, so today, for our first show of 2017, we're doing all things Hall of Fame because the Hall of Fame announcement is coming up in a few weeks, later this year than usual. I was surprised. I always thought that the Hall of Fame was uh, scheduled the first week of January, but I believe it's the 18th this year. Um, interesting ballot this year in a lot of ways, uh, but also interesting that you and I have talked before the show that you could make a better ballot from players who've been snubbed previously. So um, at any rate, uh, let's jump right in. So out of the box, the 2017 Hall of Fame ballot. Um, a lot of first timers that uh, are interesting, but I don't know if there's any locks for first ballot Hall of Famer this year. There's no Ken Griffey Jr. There's no John Smoltz even. No, no. Uh, Pudge to me seems like the the most secure bet for a first timer coming in really yes uh well i don't think i have problems with guerrero because he's on the same ballot with larry walker larry walker goes in last year gets uh 15 percent of the vote something of this nature uh, 15 16 percent of the vote uh if you they were contemporaries, and if you would ask me as a general manager to trade uh, Larry Walker for Vladimir Guerrero, I never would have done it. I never would have done it. Yeah. Now Walker has all of this Colorado bias against him. Uh, his War Seven probably comes out of his seven years with uh, Colorado, but he was an all around great ball player he won sure. many uh, gold gloves he uh was a great base runner and uh vladimir guerrero was a mvp i mean he was a uh, a superstar but i i look at them as comparable players pudge rodriguez steroids aside uh it may be the best defensive catcher since Johnny Bench. Agreed. Fastest feet and arms right, right. In, in, in lockstep with Pudge. Um, so it brings the interesting point, uh, and I'll ask this first off, like your personal criteria for Hall of Famer and maybe how you weight it out. Because, yeah, there's the players that have the numbers, but, you know, it's so much more than that to me. Oh, so, sure. The numbers are not all. Uh, right. Mean, the... Uh, but uh, I'll tell you, one of my criteria right now is that if I were a voter, uh, an actual voter, I would only vote for seven people. And you think that should be the max votes allowed? No, no. Or? I think 10 votes should be allowed. But there are three people that I believe should be in the Hall of Fame that I just can't vote for. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I'm, I couldn't vote for Clemens, Bonds, or Schilling. But all three of them are Hall of Famers. I'm sorry, you know. Uh, yeah. And um, so I would only vote for seven. Well, so here's also the 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 modern day debate as it's been for since uh, 
Clemens and Bonds in particular became eligible. How are you feeling now about the steroid era players and their Hall of Fame worthiness? All right. I, I really think something should be said on their plaques uh, that they were mentioned in the um, uh, yeah, the Mitchell report or that they were they were found positive to have tested, you know, whatever uh, I. But you're looking I mean, you know, Schilling is somebody I couldn't vote for as well. Uh, Schilling, though, because of his political stance on everything else. But like that's like. Yeah, you know, if Ty Cobb were eligible today, I would have the same problems with Ty right. Cobb, you know, or Johnny Evers or, you know, Cap Anson. You know, the, uh, there have been a lot of awful people that are in the right. Hall of Fame. That's Certainly. not what the Hall of Fame is about. It's about being good humans. Otherwise, Dale Murphy would have been a first ballot. Well, he's coming up later for me and my <laughs> yeah. should be would be better than anybody from this year. But Kurt Schilling, I would vote for every single year. Uh, without question, because I I always put a lot of well I put a lot of weight on the postseason acumen and performance uh, for John Smoltz uh, for an example. You know, a lot of people I heard uh, go back and forth about how his statistics really aren't any better or worse than uh, Kurt Schilling or Mike Mussina. Uh, you have the 150 saves, 150 wins, only pitcher to do that. Yeah. But his postseason record and pitching in big games, that that stands out so much for me. And with Schilling, I mean, I think I brought this when we did the Hall of Fame show last year, but um, four World Series, uh, best player or second best player on three of those teams, uh, and then very valuable on the fourth and final one that he was on, uh, the catch-up sock game. <laughs> I mean, these are... These are moments that stand out, and and if do you, I mean, you look at the Hall of Fame; it's a museum essentially, right? Sure. And you Schilling, want, I mean, he's hurt by the fact that he had two hundred and twelve wins, and that doesn't stand up. But I mean, uh, this is in an era where wins were a lot harder to come by, and for a good portion of his career, he pitched in Philadelphia for some uh, lesser teams. Right. Uh, it wasn't until he escaped to Arizona that things started uh, turning up for him. But uh, I, you know, I, if Adolf Hitler had been a <laughs> no. great ball player, uh, the uh, had been the Babe Ruth of his era, uh, I would think he should be in the Hall of Fame. But that doesn't mean I would vote for him. Uh, Schilling is the same way. I, I, I will. I would never vote for Kurt Schilling. Uh, somebody who uh, took away the the pensions of teachers in, uh, in Rhode, Rhode Island. Island? I, no. Yeah, for people who are not familiar with the story, uh, Kurt Schilling post retirement used up all of the tax credits or something initiative in Rhode Island to try and produce a video game, and. <laughs> As such, and it bank- failed miserably, right. like every other venture he's had. You know, he's this is went somebody, broke. Yeah, this is somebody who was fired for being despicable from ESPN. <laughs> ESPN <laughs> fired him for being despicable, but for time and time again, you know, it's oh, like yeah. it's the adage everybody gets one, but he used up his one a long time ago and then went two, three, and four. I agree with all that, which 
brings me to the point that you are saying it's about the character of the person. No, that I'm, that say- no in. I'm saying he belongs in the Hall of Fame. You're just, just not going to vote for him. I wouldn't vote for him. That's why I will only have seven votes. I will, won't vote for Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens. But doesn't that just mean you don't think they should be in the Hall of Fame? Because no, they, you're not voting no, for them. No, they should be in the Hall of Fame. I just don't want to be ha- to have had the vote that put them in. <laughs> you don't want the blood on your hands. That's I understand. Right. I wash my hands. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's see. Where should we start? Do you want to start with uh, who you think is going to be elected? Like who the writers will elect this year? I oh, uh, haven't really thought about that. I think Bagwell is probably going to get in. Uh, the uh, I and Reigns will probably get in. This is his last year. Uh, the um, it looks like Trevor Hoffman will get in. Uh, other than that, I I don't know if anybody. I mean, you know, I I don't know that Hoffman. Hoffman to me is like. He has like an identical career to Billy Wagner. Right. But he has a great song to enter on. <laughs> and so, you know, Billy Wagner's forgotten. He's allowed to be off the ballot after this year. I mean, well, amazing. okay. I, okay. I, so who do I think is going to, will be elected by the writers this year? I think it'll be Bagwell. Um, I do think it'll be Tim Raines as well, which is very interesting comparing, you know, well, we'll get to that at the end. A lot of things. Uh, But so Bagwell, um, Raines, and then I am going to say Hoffman because there are two people that I would vote for on the uh, merits of they are the uh, trailblazer, if you will. Uh, Trevor Hoffman has 600 saves. He kind of personifies the modern day closer. And we're about to enter an era where closers are going to start crashing the gates like mariano rivera um and then you know so I'm saying, I, but billy wagner was the closer that's true that's true and he threw a hundred but i and he struck out more people that, all of his stats are better <laughs> except the 600 saves part. yeah except for the number of the saves yeah well, that's a good point well all right let me just power through uh, sorry, on, sorry. My, on my argument the second is edgar martinez I would oh. put Edgar Martinez in the Hall of Fame, no question. I would too. Yeah, I mean, and Big Poppy is going to be the guy later on. Um, but they uh, named the award after Edgar. They they certainly did. Um, but at any rate, I don't. You know, uh, I don't. Yeah, it's hard to make a case against Billy Wagner, considering if you're going to make a case for Trevor Hoffman, right. 422 saves. I mean, do you give credit to things like durability? Like, obviously, sure. Wagner was hurt a bunch, so maybe that's part it of it. It wouldn't hurt that much. Well, we some. I mean, you know, Let's Wagner see. was a pretty durable, you know, closer. I'm looking here. I'm just looking at stats. 16 years versus Hoffman's 18. Uh, yep, he's got a high. He's got just about the same war. Hmm. Yeah. So 600 saves is what's what, that's, what that's, we're hanging our that, hat on. No, it's the song. <laughs> the song. What is the song for those who don't know? The Hell's Bells thing from ACDC or something that he entered on. Yeah, he's the uh, he's the guy who started the walk-in music. Right, right. I mean, and that's, you know. Well, then that deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm not saying he doesn't, but I, you know, just like... If I'm going to vote for Vladdy Daddy, you can't tell me that I can't vote for Larry Walker. 
Right. I mean, uh, and I think they're very comparable players at a very at the same time. They were contemporaries. Well, let's just go from there. Who did you vote for All this right. year? If I could vote, uh, as I said, I could only have seven votes because Schilling, Bonds, and Clemens all deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, but I'm not going to vote for them. All right, Bagwell would be one. Uh, and I realize there's all the shadows of you know the steroid use and everything else, but he never was, to my knowledge, uh, found guilty. I uh, as well. The, uh, but you know, you're talking about the museum thing. Just think what it's like to take your son or your grandson and like and try to explain how the stance that Jeff Bagwell had, you know, when he played first when when he hit. Uh, that in itself is worthy of being in. Sure. Uh, I think the crime dog, uh, he's not going to get in, but I'm, I'm voting for McGriff. He was the premier power hitter of his time. And I, I'm going to jump in on that. I give a lot of credit to players who, quote, played the right way. That's the Jeff Kent argument. But crime dog through the steroid era, you know, he didn't right. turn it. He didn't balloon into a superhero. No. And his numbers are on the cusp of those vaunted Hall of Fame numbers. I think seven home runs short of 500. But anyway, right. love for the crime dog. Uh, continue. Edgar uh, would be one. Uh, I would have Tim Raines in there. Now, I have changed in Tim Raines. Uh, for years, I was like not for Tim Raines. But his first eight years were Hall of Fame worthy. And you have a tendency to remember the next 10 years, where which were not. Uh, that's the same sort of thing that Kenny Lofton, you know, I, I never liked Kenny Lofton, but if you look at just what he did as an Indian, uh, that's, you know, and, and they, they, a lot of Hall of Fame things look at kind of like a War 7, look, look at what uh, they did over a certain amount of years. And uh, so for that reason, I mean, Reigns was his first seven or eight years. He was as good as the Hawk, who is in the Hall of Fame, you know, on the same right. team. Um, I put Pudge in. Uh, he is the best defensive catcher I've seen since Johnny Bench, uh, period. And uh, again, the shadows, he's playing in Texas with, you know, long gone and all this stuff. Uh, but was never convicted or anything. Um, caught. Yeah, caught. Yeah, that would be the, the word. <laughs> uh, I, I would have my... I would have number six being Musina. Uh, yes, Moose. thank you. Uh, be, but I have problems. And he's a compiler. You know, he is somebody that was steady throughout his career. He was never one of the five best pitchers in the game. Well, he played at a time. Okay. With, would you have put him ahead of Pedro at any time? Would you have put him ahead of Maddox? At any time. Would you have put him ahead of Randy Johnson at any time? Well, you can make an argument later in his career that he, I mean, look, I mean, after they had retired, yes. Well, okay, fair enough. But look at, look at some of these numbers from Eusene. And yeah, you're talking about a compiler. Uh, from his 2001, his first year with the Yankees, 32 years old, he goes 17 and 11, 18 and 10, 17 and 8, a 12 and 9, a 13 and 8, but then 15 and 7. At 37 years old in 2006, 11 and 10. His final year at 39 years old, he won 20 games. You look at the what 
the contact percentages that he had, the strikeout to walk ratios and all of these sort of things. You look at, you fine tooth it, and you, you realize that when he was pitching for the Yankees, he's pitching for the best team in baseball. And he's going a steady six. He's doing what I look. I'm putting him in. I'm giving him the vote. But uh, the Don Sutton always was criticized as being a compiler, somebody who you know just stayed around forever and got all these wins and whatnot. I would never say that Messina was as good a pitcher as Don Sutton. Well, right, and you you also don't have a signature Mike Musina game. Although he was that two thousand and one uh, postseason run by the Yankees, he was m- might have been their second best starter with uh, with uh, Clemens. Uh, maybe I'd have to go back and look because you have Pettit as well. Right. I mean, I I get all that. I get I get I, look, all I, those I'm things. But in. you are that good for that long. You deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Sure. And, and one thing I think we need, it is a lot tougher for people to get into the Hall of Fame post-1950 than it was pre-1950. Uh, I, I heard the percentages recently, and it, it was exorbitant. I, I, but And I don't know if that has something to do with Jackie Robinson coming in at 47. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know this, but uh, the... I think we've had two, a too discerning eye at times. Mussina was one of the best pitchers in the game. He was never one of the best. He was never Pedro. He was never Maddox. He was never Johnson. He wasn't chilling, you know? Right. And in your argument, it's top five. I mean, yeah, well, you could have easily said he was top 10. Oh, oh yes. But absolutely. never top five. Right. At any uh, well, point. They, they always, that's like one of the criteria on the things is to be one of the top five in your position. Right, that's true. I never, I never know what these these criteria are, so I always kind of think of them as just folklore. Right, well, like that's the common going. But um, I don't think rate. people go by that anymore. You know, that's too much eye t- eye test. Right, sure. All right, and then your 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 seventh and final vote, Larry Walker. Larry Walker. All right, uh, because I think Vladdy deserves to be in, but I'm going to vote for Larry Walker before I would Guerrero. Now, let me ask you a question about those three votes that you're not going to use. Um, if you're an actual writer, if you're actually one of the baseball writers casting a vote, you don't want to just give love to some people. You know, it's like the, you know, the the one Yankee reporter who probably voted for Aaron Boone, just just so they they know uh, that people respect a lot of no, what they because did. Because I, I, I think that I would. In order to justify my vote, I, I can't say that somebody deserves to be in more than Schilling or Bonds or Clemens. I'm just not going to vote for them. So I, I would I would feel even more compelled that I would have to only vote for seven people if I'm leaving right. them off the ballot. Right. And, you know, now the ballots are public, we're looking at uh, more thinking like this. You know, more more writers probably thinking along those same lines. Because um, I'll tell you right now, Matt Stairs is on the ballot. Right, right. <laughs> Professional Arthur hitter. Rhodes is on the ballot. <laughs> Freddie Sant... Pat Burrell is on the ballot. Pat the Bat. One of the great nicknames, I think, of the last 10 or 15 years. All right, so Casey you... Casey ha- Blake is on the ballot. <laughs> yeah, I'm... Orlando Cabrera, and he was key in the 04 Red Sox. You know, he'll get some Boston writers who yeah, throw love his way. Uh, Mike Cameron as well. Mike Cameron was a good ball player. Yeah, good outfielder. I liked Mike Cameron. Um, and then also J.D. Drew is on, yes, <laughs> is on the ballot. He should be in the Hall you of Fame. You know who's going to get a lot of votes who won't 
doesn't deserve this, Jorge. Oh right, yeah, Jorge Posada, the first of the of the core four to come up. Now you know, let's uh, Gary Sheffield. You you haven't mentioned him. Do you consider him Hall of Fame worthy, or does the cloud of sus- I mean, he did fail. He got he he was busted for the clear, I think, yeah, or whatever. Right. So, uh, you think enough fire? Uh, I I can't vote for Sheffield. Uh, the I think of him as. Strictly an offensive player too. You know, he came up as a third baseman. You know, it's. Uh, but uh, I, I just, you know, I don't see. I, I can't vote for him any more than I can vote for Sosa. I mean, sure. you know, Sosa was strictly. Uh, you know, I, I, I believe he was produced by the the juice. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> the uh, whereas Bonds, I mean, the argument has been said he was in the Hall of Fame if he. Before he juiced, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. If he had, it, if he had retired in 1999 or whatever it was, the, uh, he'd be a Hall of Famer. The person that I've left off my list that would be the closest would be Kent. Yeah, and what of Jeff Kent? A lot of talk about him going into this year's uh, announcement. I mean, of course, his biggest champion is Dusty Baker, and that's a uh, not somebody uh, oh so friendly with the media. No. Uh, What's that, Dusty? You think we should vote for this guy? <laughs> Yeah, thanks. I, I, I don't think Kent does, is going to get in. I mean, he has sixteen percent last year. You know. Yeah. Uh, the uh, I I do think Wagner and Hoffman. I'm okay with closers getting in, um, but the uh, I, I, of the the returning people, uh, Kent Hoffman, Wagner. Those are the ones that I would have another consideration for. And in my votes, you mean Bagwell, right? No, Bagwell, I would have in there. Oh, you're saying of the returning people, yeah, you would, would consider Kent that I have not put on my ballot. Uh, right. The uh, I, um, and, and that this may change. You know, as my view of Reigns has changed over the years. Uh, sure. You know, uh, and when it gets down to whether they get in or they don't, you know, when it comes to this year, then maybe. Yeah. Maybe of the new people. Uh, the ones that are this year, uh, I'm not gonna vote for Manny, you know. Yeah, uh, and, and so, Manny's tough even without the all the steroid stuff. Although he was yeah. a he was 555 home runs, and well, a, he was 1800. a heck of an offensive player. Yeah, sure, but yeah, he was a circus freak as yeah. far as defense went. The uh, but you know Pudge and Guerrero are the only two that I really feel are valid candidates from this year's right i'm looking down here there's 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 jason veritek you know yeah. there's a lot of names though that that there's instantly conjure Maglio, yeah you know Derek lee you know great yeah. uh fielding first baseman uh renteria was around at a lot of yeah. key moments you know in baseball history but do i put him in the hall of fame no it's the hall of fame not the hall of very good yeah right there's right. only 200 and what 48 players inducted by the riders so uh or 248 players period um all right so your ballot again to review you've got uh jeff bagwell uh martinez the crime dog musina tim Raines, uh larry walker and pudge those are your votes for the hall right. of fame all right who are yours i'm going to counter with this i have it kind of broken <laughs> broken down into categories i have my no question I'm voting for this person. It doesn't conflict with my soul at all. 
uh, Hoffman, Vlad Guerrero. Um, and okay, Guerrero over Walker. This could be because Larry Walker was uh, a, a National League rival to me a lot. I mean, okay. on the Cardinals teams in 2004, 2005, you know. All right. And I know I need to put that bias aside, but I just don't consider Walker as much. Whereas Guerrero, I think his, uh, the fact that he was such a, he's like the greatest bad ball hitter of all time. You know, if you have Yogi Berra. Sure. Okay. You, you, you know, those things better than I, um, but in my, you know, my generation, if you will, right. Guerrero set himself apart in where you put somebody in the whole thing. Cause he hit bad pitches. Well, not just because of that, but you know, there's a distinguished characteristic. If okay. we're talking about this as, as the museum that it is, let me ask you, if you were the general manager, would you have traded, uh, Larry Walker for Vlad Guerrero? If they had similar contracts, um, this was recently asked of a bunch of general managers, and none of them said that they would have. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's interesting how revisionist history. Now I feel compelled to vote for Larry Walker because I have to think about it more. Um, well, I'm just, I'm just curious. I, you know, well, uh, I may not have because of plate discipline. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, there's, there's, I mean. Uh, there. Guerrero had an image. Uh, Chipper used to talk about that. He, w- he would say that it was important for him to be in the lineup, even if he couldn't hit, even if he was, you know, uh, too broken to hit at the time, because he had an impact by just being there. And Guerrero, I think, had more of an impact that way. Had. Uh, more significance to the lineup than Walker did. I think Walker was a better player in every bit of the game in, in terms of hitting for average, hitting for power, hitting, uh, running the bases, fielding. I, I think Walker was uh, in the clubhouse. I think he was better than Guerrero at everything. But Guerrero had more status than did Larry Walker. Right. And so, you know, I may change some of these votes around. You've you've made the compelling argument okay. that I needed to know about, you know, to feel jazzed up about Larry Walker. Because I also think of Larry Walker as, yeah, a lunch pail guy, you well, know, and, similar to Mike Mussina. And he but and he does have the he was in Colorado when Colorado was Colorado. Yeah. yeah. There's no humidor. Yeah. yeah and that's a, a little knock against him. So um, but moving on. Uh, so Trevor Hoffman. And, and here's the thing. Seeing as how he's so on the level with Billy Wagner, and it's like, mm-hmm. why not Wagner over Hoffman? I am gonna give it because of the hundred, you know, the crossing six hundred saves. Like those save numbers are gonna become more and more significant. I think as you as you move along, and and I don't think of either Hoffman or really? Wagner See, as having a signature like moment. Uh, I know Wagner is known as having one of the most vicious fastballs when you're actually looking at it coming at you in the batter's right, right. box. But. Uh, I will um, – see, I, now I'll, I disagree. I think saves is going to become an insignificant stat as – and we've seen this like in this last World Series, you know, where – Sure. Uh, how many games did uh, Miller save? Oh, right. Sure. You yeah. Know, uh, I, I think uh, the way pitchers are used is changing. And I, I think this like uh, – just bringing Eckersley out in the ninth inning each inning, that that sort of stuff is going to change some. 
Mm-hmm. It's going to be slow. It'll be interesting to see. I don't really know because I, I, I still think of how, you know, Hall of Fame has so much to do with your that first 162 games, even though I give so much weight to big postseason performance. Right, right. But, you know, looking at, again, career numbers, and 600 saves is significant, you know. So. Yeah, he's he's at the top. He's at the top. So, all right, so there's my case for Hoffman. Um, and then Edgar Martinez and Crime Dog. I, seriously, Crime Dog. If, if, if even one baseball writer with a vote hears this, Look at Crime Dog again. Um, it did impact. I mean, the '93 Braves team. I know I'm being super biased at this point, but you know it he's was something. It he, was something with that. every night. He's yeah. yeah, and 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 if you go through his year by year numbers, uh, as I was looking a month, it's the heart of the steroid era, and he always is just that consistent. Like never hit more than I think 36 home runs in a single season. So he's one of these guys like. Like Lofton, who's hurt because he was somewhat of a journeyman, right? You know, uh, I mean, he played for several different teams, so he doesn't. Uh, this this hurt Blylevin for years because he didn't have a base that was supporting him. Right, I agree. Uh, I'm going to talk all about Dale Murphy in that sense uh, a little bit later. Um, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for Tim Raines um, because. Uh, of all the things that you just mentioned. And, you know, he's like the Wade Boggs. You know, he becomes a sabermetrics hero in this yeah. day and age. So that's fine. Uh, I am going to vote for Kurt Schilling, and I have no problems doing that. Um, and then, so that's my, those are my unquestioned votes. Now, I would vote for Jeff Bagwell. Um, it's hard to argue with an MVP. Uh, he seemed like an MVP candidate every single year. And yeah, a lot of suspicion, not a lot of fire. So um he was Frank Thomas in the National right. League. You look at their stats, they are identical except that Bagwell was a better fielder. Right. So I should just change that too, absolutely. Um but then so I think that puts me at 8. So I actually voted for Jeff Kent uh after reading a few more articles and arguments about him and then I'm going to waste my uh 10th vote for Matt Stairs. Okay professional hitter matt professional stairs. hitter matt stairs um but on you know jeff kent he worked hard uh he was uh he was a leader he was like a power hitting shortstop um i think his hitting numbers second are second baseman or, i'm sorry second base i meant to say second baseman um all those things i think that uh he had a lot of statistical numbers that matched up against joe morgan uh i forget who else he was getting drawing comparisons from uh, but he I don't was his, know what he, any of the numbers are, but Jeff Kent wasn't half the ball player that Joe Morgan was. Now, sure. That, that's not, I'm not, Joe Morgan is a first ballot Hall of Famer to me. Uh, 75, 76 seasons by Morgan are two of the greatest seasons I've ever seen any ball player have. Uh, and Jeff Kent never had anything like that. Oh, sure. And doesn't have... <laughs> titles either like he doesn't have a single one uh but i do look at things like you know where he finished in the mvp voting for over 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 a six-year period he won one and he finished in the top 10 three other times you know uh five all-star games uh and that 2004 houston team he's kind of the 
leader in so many ways and he's at 36 years old but you know he's hanging around in san francisco for so long i don't know about the steroid stuff you know uh i remember him getting in a fight with bond so I and that's another that. reason to, <laughs> to, to, to support the vote all right so about sabermetrics so we believe that tim raines is more of a hall of famer now because of sabermetrics would you agree with that I think that has certainly helped his candidacy, uh, is the uh, Sabermetrics has. I, uh, you know who it's going to really help is Andrew Jones. Sure, yeah. And, uh, you know, his, the defensive metrics, which I, I still don't. I, I, they're like the catching things, uh, the, the pitch framing. There's a lot of this I'm not really sold on yet. Uh, Brian McCann is supposedly one of the best pitch framers uh, around. I've watched him for a long time. No, he's not. Yeah, I'm sorry, he's not. You know, uh, <laughs> the whatever you know, whatever things they're using for this is not correct. Uh, the uh, well, I think it lowers it lowers the bar in a lot Tim of ways. Tim Raines was fast. Yeah, he was really fast. He wasn't a great outfielder. He was a great offensive player. Covered a lot of ground, but was not a great. He didn't get great jumps. He was not. He was arguably the the best base stealer ever. Uh, I mean, you know, yeah. percentage wise. Uh, but uh, that only means so much. He got on base a lot, and that was his job. And he was uh, he was for seven or eight years. He was a great ball player. He just played a lot longer, and uh, and that that hurt him. But uh, I'm of the belief now that we should be more admitting to people getting into the Hall of Fame. You know, I, I'm I'm a little bit more of a bigger tent than I used to be. Right. Therein lies the argument. Yeah, it, it is the fact that numbers, we have so many other metrics now than we would have had before that it's going to lower the gate. Because, you know, I, I voted for 10 people. Uh, again, I think seven unquestionably belong in the Hall of Fame, but it seems as though only three would get in this year because the Hall of Fame classes are never larger than about three. The The year with, uh, was it Randy and Biggio and Smoltz a couple of years ago? Yeah, that was, four. yeah. Uh, I mean, they've had years like when they, uh, old timers committees and uh, like the Negro League things, year that Suter got in, there were like 20 people. It was like the last year for the Negro Leagues or something like right, that. Right, right, yeah. Uh, the, uh, I, I'm okay with, with uh, the numbers indicating that people should get in, uh, but you can twist that a lot. I mean, if somebody is voting be uh, for Brian McCann in the future because of his uh, pitch, <laughs> framing, pitch framing, <laughs> I mean, give me a break. You know, <laughs> and, and there are people now that are saying what a great outfielder Tim Raines was. I watched him. He was not a, he wasn't bad. You know, he wasn't like <laughs> right. a brave left fielder, but he was, uh, he wasn't. Hall of Famer. He yeah. was not a Hall of Famer no, in the no, outfield, no, certainly. No. Yeah. Nor was Vladdy that he had to DH him. That's, that's true. Um, but again, I'm going to go for Edgar Martinez because I just know that at some point we will have to acknowledge this. And, you know, I, I would hate for 
we're gonna we're gonna vote in Big Poppy, and then there's gonna be a couple other DHs, and Edgar's gonna be gone because his eligibility right, right. is over. So got to get him in now. Right. There is a there's a thought process in that. That said, going first to third, let's talk about who should be in, who has been snubbed, and how that's actually better than anyone that would get in this year. Uh, please go. You may go first on this. Uh, Bobby Gritch. Bobby Gritch. For those who may not know Bobby Gritch, uh, <laughs> state the case for him as Hall of Famer. Has the highest? He has a higher adjusted WAR lifetime than anybody on the ballot except for Bonds and Clemens. There you go. Uh, was a the best fielding second baseman I've ever seen. Was a great offensive player. Played in Baltimore and California for lesser markets. He's one of these guys. Doesn't have. Uh, I, I have Bobby Gritch would be my first choice for somebody who is not in over trammel and several other people who i really believe belong in there all right um continue on from there all right uh rick russell uh rick russell i don't even i can't even recognize that name pitcher for the cubs uh his adjusted war is the exact same as jim palmer who pitched at the exact same time Except Russell pitched a little longer and a little better, uh, but he he played for the Cubs, you know, so he didn't get a lot of wins. Uh, right, he, and he didn't throw gas. He was a pitcher. He threw you know, the ball bent all over the place. Right. Uh, I the um, Alan Trammell. Yes. Uh, all right. Trammell, by the way, has the exact same adjusted WAR as Derek Jeter. <laughs> we think Derek Jeter, who played the uh, same position, uh, is going to have any problem getting into the Hall of Fame? Absolutely not. All right. Why do you think that is? New York. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, and Trammell's playing in a time when Detroit's not very popular. Uh, right. I think his you know, his saddle mate, uh, Whitaker, belongs in, um, The uh, who's just a little bit lower than that. Um, the... Uh, a couple of people I don't didn't particularly like, Kevin Brown. Yeah, I, I thought about uh, that too. Kevin Brown was a tremendous pitcher, uh, and the uh, he just he's like in the shilling mode. He doesn't accrue a lot of wins, but uh, he was one of the best pitchers in the game for ten years or so. Yeah, and you know you're gonna you you got a game seven, you know, and you get to reach into. Uh, into your arsenal for any of the pitchers of that time. Right. right. He's he he may be number one. Uh, Lofton. Uh, I never liked Lofton. I, you know the things he said about Bobby Cox made me dislike him forever. Uh, <laughs> and he was a journeyman the last ten years of his career, going bouncing all over the place. But those first seven or eight years in Cleveland, they were you know he was a force. Um, that's you know if you're gonna put Tim Raines in, you got to put Kenny Lofton in. Yeah. Uh, the uh, where does it end with that? You if know, you're gonna put so and so in, right. you got to put such and such in. There you go. I don't uh, know. Murph. Yes, Dale Murphy. Uh, played for a pretty crappy team. Right. And uh, and he was Murph. Well, I mean, look. Back-to-back MVPs. I'm just pulling out right. some some of the you know much maligned highlights, if you will. Back-to-back MVP years, 
five gold gloves, six straight all-star games, and certainly 1982 to 1987. You could even go back to 1980, I think, because uh, he made the all-star that year. Uh, one of the most dominant stretches, and I would have said top five uh, player in baseball, certainly position player in baseball for those five, six years. I certainly would have said outfielders. Yes. Or, uh, I mean, uh, yeah. So uh, I, I would, I've always thought Murph should be in. Well, and I, I have a, a something to Musina to that effect that Murphy was, I mean, he was the unquestioned face of the Braves considering how terrible they were. But even if the Braves, you know, had a uh, playoff contending team around him, I still think he was the best. And Musina was the best player on a Baltimore team for years and years and years uh, that was contending, you know. And a vital piece uh, to the Yankees after that. But anyway, yes, Dale Murphy, absolutely. He's better than any of these hitters that I'm looking at uh, right now, short of uh, Bonds. Bonds, yeah. The, uh, I, uh, Louis Tiant. It, interesting that he's not in. It just boggles the mind that he's not in. But You know, I he's hurt by the fact that he pitched at a time where he wasn't Koufax or Gibson. Uh, he wasn't Seaver or Carlton, you know, uh, and it pitched in both of those eras. He was never, you know, the best, but he was, you know, uh, El Tiante was, uh, he was <laughs> right. something, you know, uh, just and so much fun to watch. Um, Dwight Evans. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. You look at his lifetime wars higher than Jim Rice his on the same team right uh, all right so um i mean not even just the same era the same team uh it's hard to think that a red sock would ever be overlooked uh but he's one that the sabermetrics really should help i mean or should have helped i mean if he were running now he would there would be a lot more stir about him he sure. was such a good defensive player sure all right, along those lines, I think one of the biggest snubs and somebody I despised. <laughs> he was both a Met and a Cardinal. You couldn't, uh, you couldn't get much worse. Right. And, and that was Keith Hernandez. <laughs> Keith Hernandez may be the greatest fir fielding first baseman of all time. His yeah. uh, adjusted war is higher than 10 of the 20 Hall of Fame first basemen. He is... I mean, there, he's like a first ballot, no doubt. You know, he won batting championships and gold glove every year. They they made rules to stop. He, you know, he changed the game at first base, and they made rules that they called the Hernandez rule that you had to stay wow. in bounds. I mean, you know, he would like take throws on the other side of uh, would be in foul territory, and they change it where you had to be in fair territory all the time. I mean, he was. Uh, just exceptional. He just didn't hit a lot of home runs. And the, the bias where that people think that corner infielders should always hit home runs, you know? Uh, yeah. But I, I, I mean, and I really didn't like Keith Hernandez, but uh, he still belongs in the hall of fame. Yeah. It's uh, hard to imagine that he's not. I actually it kind of surprised me. I don't even, I, I didn't realize that he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you know, you give a longer career. I mean, he, uh, an MVP, you know, he has batting championships. He's, you know, a long career too, you know, key figure on Seinfeld. Yeah. There you go. Guest, and, guest star. And that commercial, that touch he, of gray. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just for men. Um, all right. My last two, I think, uh, Saberhagen. I would agree with that. 
uh, Saberhagen was just great for a while. I mean, he doesn't have the real long career. Well, and not very friendly with the press later on in his career. No. I think when you throw bleach on a reporter, that kind of... Yeah, that, that hurts. <laughs> that, that'll hurt Look, your case. Jim Rice is in, you know. <laughs> uh, and is Ty Cobb, and he stabbed somebody. <laughs> so, <laughs> during uh, a game in the crowd, I think. David Cohn. Uh, yeah. I mean, the journeyman pitcher, but, you know, that's the same Kevin Brown thing. You want to... Uh, you know, look look at one of the best pitchers in the game at that that time. It would have been Cone. Now he never pitched for a team that I liked either. You know. Oh right, yeah. But another thing about Coney is that uh, perfect game. He yeah. threw a perfect game. Yeah. You know that has a lot of weight to me when you do something that only, you know, you could. Um, <laughs> if you do something know. that you could count on all fingers and toes of the number of people who have. That's you significant. Put, you can put Bo Belinsky in. No, I'm not gonna, and I'm not gonna put. Uh, well, you know, there, um, Mark Burley, maybe, but there was who was the guy uh, from the A's that threw a perfect game recently? Uh, who was the Dallas uh, Braden? Was it, it Braden? Wasn't was Bryles? Who was the guy that Chris Short? It wasn't Short. There was a pitcher for the Phillies who threw a no hitter and had two home runs, and it was on a Father's Day. Uh, it was, <laughs> I don't know, uh, but he, he's not in the Hall of Fame, right? Uh, David, going. You have left somebody off that, frankly, I'm surprised. Who? Jack Morris. Morris. Okay, yeah, I thought I'd mentioned him already. I'm sorry. Oh well, let's mention Jack Morris because he was front and center on mine. Well, you know, I I had him on the thing last year. He was, you know, one of. Right. uh, Yeah. I. I, Yeah. Sure. Sorry, I left him off, but Morris should be in. Uh, and he is. He's a Glavin-esque compiler. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, he was the type, you know, there are a lot of his stats that don't look pretty because he was like, I'm going to win the game. I'm just going to stay out here. All right, here's another fastball. Go ahead, hit it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, look. I'm up 7-1. to one. I'm not walking you. Here's one right down the pipe. Yeah. Um, I, 1991, Bias to that game seven, most significant game seven I've ever seen, but because of the bias. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, But I think across the board, I mean, you know, if you asked anybody, like, give me the signature Mike Mussina moment and question mark. Give me the signature Jack Morris moment. Oh, he pitched 10 innings in game seven of the 91 World Series. And then you just dig a little bit deeper. All those years with the Tigers, he won in 84. He won in 92 with the Blue Jays, also with David Cohn. That was the journeyman roster right there. Um, I just can't say enough about Jack Morris and and the fact that he's not in. I I think Morris should be in just as much as Mussina should be in. Right, and we may get Mussina in. I don't know. I mean, all these people that we've mentioned. Now, I want to say something. I think uh, of the forgotten people, Rick Russell deserves to be in before any of these pitchers. Really? Go yes. on. I, I can't think of only Clemens and Schilling. Okay, Clemens and Schilling are the only two pitchers not in the Hall of Fame that have been eligible that are more deserving than Rick Russell. And and, and give us the snapshot of Rick Russell's career. He pitched for the Cubs. <laughs> uh, That's the snapshot in the end shot. You know, so he would be 15 and 16. Right, but have, but lead the league in ERA. Yeah, you know, I mean, he was uh, and went out there every time. 
you know, never missed a turn for years and years. You know? If you just took his career and copied and pasted into the ESPN era, you you're know, looking at a surefire. Right. Yeah. Right. I agree. I agree. Well, I don't. I'm not a Rick. I don't have the knowledge of uh, Rick Russell that you do, but I understand that mold. I mean, obviously with Dale Murphy. Um, by the way, real quick on Perfect Games, uh, Philip Umber uh, pitched one a few years ago with the White Sox. Don't exactly think he's off to a Hall of Fame career, uh, but also uh, Mark Burley, notable. Do you think Mark Burley is on pace to to a Hall of Fame career at this point? No, no. Well, there I, you go. I mean, he's one of these very good ball players, you know. Right. Sure. All right. So uh, he's a Mike Cameron. Right. <laughs> Good point. Um, all right. So coming into home, let's talk about changes here. Um, any changes that you would make? And they've made changes themselves, significant ones, the Writers Association and the Hall of Fame Committee um, in the last few years. But what changes would you make as you see it now? Does there need to be like a revision? I'm going to throw one that I've been thinking about. Does there need to be a revisionist history vote? Like, you know... No, I think they have something like that. That's how. Well, that's uh, the Veterans Committee, yeah, sure. But, I mean, that's how yeah. we got in uh, all those managers in the last few years, right? Um, the uh, and, and people are going back and looking at numbers and players and things like this. I um, I do like the way that uh, the votes are now going to be public. Um, yeah, I think that's a good thing. I think that uh, we should have it is the baseball writers I mean and they get to dictate that but it does seem to me to be there's something wrong when you have somebody whose primary job has been to cover tennis for the last 25 years votes and Ben Scully does not uh, and, and I, but it is baseball writers but you need to be a baseball writer now in today's time does that mean a blogger as well does that mean you know there aren't as many baseball writers there aren't as many people covering despite the fact that there are more teams there are less writers uh that are covering these teams so um but it is it's their show you know the hall of fame is theirs um sure so and, we, and we've talked about this before. If you look at who is in the Hall of Fame as players, can you think of who you would take out? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there, who would that there, be? Uh, I don't know that Herb Pinnock belongs in the Hall of Fame. I don't know that Waite Hoyt does or um, Burley Grimes or you know some of these older players who I really don't have. Uh, I, I can't give the eye test to. I can't. Uh, go back and look at them. So I think Joe Tinker is in there because of a, of a poem, uh, <laughs> and uh, I, uh, yeah, yes, there are people that uh, I think are less deserving than certainly those that we've mentioned here. You know that are not that are in. So maybe add a like a legacy type vote, extend it to the Vin Scullys of the world who aren't actual writers. Because certainly there are a lot of announcers and play-by-play guys from years and years and years who well, could Hall say a few things. do get a vote. Okay. And Vin Scully should be in the Hall of Fame now. I mean, yeah. if we—Roberto Clemente is my favorite player of all time. But 
I don't think he should have been put into the Hall of Fame the year after he died. I, you know, uh, they could have been wrong. There could have been so much emotion with this. Uh, when that sort of action has happened, uh, a la Kirby Puckett and stuff, that has, uh, I, I think that mars things. And, uh, but, and so when you got somebody like Vince Scully, you know, how old is he going to be when he's eligible? You know? Right. Yeah. You you can. I'm I'm going to grant uh, a pass when it comes to Vin Scully. And unless you're Vin Scully, you don't qualify for the rule. Right. Right. <laughs> Sorry to I say. Mean, yeah. Uh, that that's. I I don't know when Casey Stingle got into the Hall of Fame. I have no idea. Uh, but he certainly was past his. Uh, prime, he probably had dementia and things. Right. At that His speech-making prime right. you're talking about. Right. right, absolutely, to be able to honor him properly. Um, I, I'm going to just say one one change. I mean, I have other thoughts, but they don't, you know, they kind of don't hold water. But this, um, I would remove the max number of votes. I think that the psychology of it would, would, would do the players well maybe uh, well i don't know uh, but i believe that you should remove the maximum number of votes so it's like you remove this mentality well i gotta vote for 10 even though a lot do not vote for the 10 they just mm-hmm. but just change it so that people think in terms of who is a hall of famer and who isn't because oh, what you, is happening you could vote for 14 or, or you could vote for, for two yeah, right okay because what what you've seen in recent years is certain players not getting 100 percent or whatever because the writer that particular writer is trying to save that vote for somebody else they throw out this well he's going to get elected anyway i think that that is uh really bizarre to me really crazy (laughs) kind of crazy logic it's like well i'm not going to vote for this clear hall of famer because i'm going to allow everyone else to elect him properly it's like let's just vote for who we think are truly Hall of Famers and not who you champion. Didn't you put Matt Stairs on your list this year? Because the vote says I can, you know. Right. So, uh, uh, but I would change Nora, that. Uh, <laughs> no, um, I would change the the max voting to to try and you know steer it more towards just who is a Hall of Famer and who isn't. So. I do think the Hall of Fame needs to make make it easier on writers to deal with the steroid era. Right. Maybe right. build a a whole wing of the of Cooperstown and just call it the Asterisk Room. Well, the uh I I I just I have <laughs> Yeah, I understand. I would never vote. I mean, as I said, I would never vote for Clemens or Bonds or or Schilling. Uh but all three of them should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and, and you know, put it on their plaques. You know that <laughs> they were found guilty in the Mitchell report. Look, we're going to have to do this eventually. Right. I mean, we, we let in Piazza last year, and there was no, you know, a lot of smoke, no fire, uh, and everybody's saying we probably have people that are that have juice that are already in the Hall of Fame. Who other than Piazza? Do you think maybe Biggio? No, he's, I wouldn't. He wasn't, wasn't big, but he was. The, he was like best friends with Bagwell and Caminetti. Uh, oh yeah, that's true. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, mate. I'm just saying, mate. I, I don't know. Well, the more I, we understand Piazza, you know, but uh, the uh, everybody's saying there probably is somebody in there. We, 
Glavin, Maddox, you know, Big Hurt. No, th- these guys didn't, you know. Yeah, and you want the museum to represent uh, predominantly the best. of, And when someone messes with the integrity of the game directly, you know, which is why, again, the, the vote for Schilling – you know, he all of his sins came outside of the diamond. But, you know, the PED users are affecting what we're seeing on the field. Because should anyone, you know, I get this about Bonds in particular. If you take your son or grandson to the Hall of Fame, or daughter, I mean, why why are we trying to limit ourselves to the, the classic stereotype? You want them to look up and see that Hank Aaron is the home run king, right? Because if Bonds Black is in there... That's the guy that they're going to... Isn't he the home run king? Well... You know, Daddy, why does that guy have seven more home runs than the other guy that they're calling the home run king, you know? No. I I, I think the way we look at numbers and stats, for which has been such a part of the religion of baseball, is changing. And, yeah. Uh, the uh, and, and maybe it was... Because of the Bonds and Sosa and you know Maguires and things that this is changing. I, I wouldn't have any problem explaining to my grandson that Barry Bonds didn't do it right. He was a great ball player, go. but uh, when he moved to San Francisco, he changed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to say the least, right. he more mutated than changed. Right. Um, and yeah. <laughs> It's interesting talking about juiced players and Larry Walker is being held out by a juiced ballpark. So Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, we shall see. We shall see what happens when the announcement comes out. Um, always a, always fun doing this uh, every year, uh, the Hall of Fame. Wish they would give us a vote at some point. You know, hey, we're bloggers. I mean, why not? Uh, what do they know that we don't? Well, Coach, good to see you again. Good Welcome you. to 2017. We are now... With each day that passes, we are closer to the start of a new season as opposed to closer to the one that just finished. That's always really encouraging. And uh, But anyway, Coach, good to be back here with you. Happy New Year to you. Uh, thank you to everyone listening to the podcast on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Uh, you can find all things Running the Bases at our website, runningthebases.com. Uh, check us out, like our page on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, uh, Twitter is at running the base and Instagram is at running the bases. Um, so for coach bounds, I'm Tucker Wells. This is the running the bases podcast. We're coming into home and we're safe coach. Have yourself a good night, sir. Good night.